Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Doing the Thing podcast. And I have to tell everybody how energized I am for today's session because such an honor to have my friend and um, the narrator of my audiobook, uh, The Conduit, Adam Pritchett, all the way from Italy, joining us today. Adam, welcome, my friend. Thank you very much, Phil. Yeah, and of course, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jason Madden. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing well today. How's everybody doing? Uh, always awesome to be on these. Yeah, you know, in the middle of wrapping presents and hiding things from the family and figuring out what we're going to do for New Year's Eve and, you know, how bad the next morning's going to look and all those kinds of things on my end, at least. <laughs> but uh, such a delight, Adam, to have you on the call. And, you know... Um, Jason and I really believe in espousing the idea of entrepreneurship. We believe that, you know, taking control of your, your income, your lifestyle, your wealth, and your equity is important, but that can take many different shapes. And while a lot of our other episodes have been focused on, let's call it more traditional or what's perceived to be more traditional, traditional entrepreneurial roles, man, you know, you are actively in the fractional and the gig economy world and you have built just a remarkable business and um, how you know so just so the uh, listeners know um, Adam is a classically trained actor a voice talent a video talent um, is it Castle Britalia is it your your YouTube channel yeah I've actually stepped away from that for a while I can come back to that as well in a minute but yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um, I'll tell you the quick origin story of how Adam and I first met. And then, Adam, I'm going to cue you up to ask you your origin story just afterwards. So give you a second or two to think about that. Um, so after I completed my novel, my vision was to eventually take it to audio and have it produced as an audio book. And um, I remember I had one voice talent lined up who at the last minute just disappeared. And I grabbed a bottle of wine, an entire bottle of wine. <laughs> sat in front of the computer, started doing my research, and got into a site called Fiverr.com. And I was just blown away when I found Adam's audition reel. And I was like, my goodness, this guy is a master of so many different voices. I don't think he'd work with a guy like me, but I'm going to reach out to him anyways. And whether that was bravado or confidence or the wine speaking, I don't know. But um, <laughs> fortunately for me and for the project, Adam responded the next morning, and we began a collaboration that lasted probably two or three months. And the end result is something I'm just immensely proud of, the audiobook version of The Conduit. And I don't know, Adam, how many voices do you think you might have used in that book? In the book, I think, well, Nathan Badger was obviously the one that we really needed to, to hone in on. And I remember doing auditions I did a video that went on to YouTube of the different voices that Nathan could have, because of course, Phil has one in his head, but it's that who he is. And I'm never, ever going to be able to get it completely right, unless I do an impression of Phil, because maybe there's a bit of Phil in, in Nathan. But we did, we did many different voices. And, uh, and so after we picked that, we then kind of went on to the rest. And I did consider doing it for a lot of the other characters as well. But started to realize that it is a big cast. So I think it's something around, I think there's at least 12 different voices that happen 
in the book and that's because there are some characters that come in and out there's police officers that have a line or two there's a conference that happens later without giving any spoilers away or anything like that there's um, some kind of a presentation that's being given and there are different groups and they've got different questions i'm like oh my goodness i've got someone who literally has one line and i've got to come up with a new accent and a new voice and everything like that but it was um it was fun as well whilst making the notes because obviously as i was going through the book i was going is this person going to stay or is this person going to get killed and part of me wanted to ask phil so i didn't waste time whilst i was learning everything out just making like databases of characters and stuff like that to make sure i've got the voice here. could be from here learn this about them okay if they feel this way they've probably got a weaker voice or a stronger voice and then i thought oh, i'm not gonna ask phil because i'm gonna ruin the story for him. so i just kept going reading it and just then i'll be like okay oh, i'm really into this character and then maybe maybe they die maybe they don't die no spoilers but it was ultimately at the end i think we had something about I think eight really important characters and then other throwaway ones but yeah it was, it was a lot of fun creating it with you oh yeah it was my honor and my pleasure and you know adam um i'm gonna brag a little bit about you adam is a classically trained actor he shared the stage with the likes of sir ian mckellen as one example and so you know taking that acting skill how did you get started in the voiceover work that you do um well actually the thing as well with um with Ian is that he he came and saw me in my first play that i ever did in london and it was because he was a friend of the guys who were producing it um and so i got to meet him by default and then with those guys we basically took that play and turned it into a film and he was attached to that film so that was how I got to, to do that. And a lot of it at the beginning was just luck of being in the right place at the right time. You know, as I say, I, I trained for three years at the Royal Conservatoire in Birmingham. That then led me to doing mostly things like film and commercial. And then I got very, very tired of it. I basically met an Italian um after a while we're no longer a couple but we're incredible friends still but basically she was the reason that i moved out here to italy eventually being like i'm so tired of the industry in the uk and i even trained as a painter and decorator for a while which i think is where i really learned the craft of what we would call in the uk grafting like really really working your ass off to make sure that you're getting the money in and you've got to control everything. I've got to buy the paint. I've got to figure out what my budget is. What are my overheads? What's my profit? And that I think was kind of the base layer of truly understanding what it would be like, because effectively I was self-employed at this point with a small company, but I was a one man band. So it was kind of the foundation for what I'm doing here. And then I just sort of somehow managed whilst coming out here through also going, what can I do in Italy? Kind of culminated upon okay i'm going to use this past knowledge that i've got of how to run a business as i did as a painter with the knowledge of how to be an actor and all the different voices i studied at drama school and everything and just put it together and looked out for what you know how can i sell this how can i make some kind of a career or something happen when i'm in a random place because even though trento in trentino alto adage is incredibly beautiful 
and many people would choose here for holiday. You wouldn't choose here for work. It doesn't make any sense. It'd be like yeah. picking a really beautiful city in, in America, but there's not necessarily any work going on there. It's just, it, it was purely because of the attachments I had to this area. And I'm now completely in love with the area, but effectively that was what it was. It was my, my dual backgrounds and trying to sort of blend them together and see what I could do. And that's when I discovered Fiverr as well. And, and our story began. Wow. That's pretty amazing, man. And, and you know what, I'm not surprised that you fell in love with Italy and you stayed there because <laughs> given the opportunity, when I lived out there in the army, I probably would have stayed longer, <laughs> but uh, good for you being able to stay out there, man. And in, in being able to find work, um, like meaningful work out there, I, I can imagine it's a challenge. And uh, you, you almost have as a, um, as an outsider coming in, if you don't have ties to, something already coming in as a job, it's, it's it could probably be pretty difficult. Um, one of the things I wanted to clarify, what kind of painting were you doing? Were you doing um, like murals and stuff like that? This, that's kind of like what it sounded like. No, no, no. I'm in a proper painter and decorator. Like I'll do your wallpaper, I'll do your skirting, your uh -huh. trim. Yeah, no, I, I completely changed profession. I decided to do something I knew would make money. Um, but that also yeah. I wanted to be my own boss. I knew that after working, because as an actor, you're obviously not always working continuously in acting. You have to do other stuff. You've got to be in a bar or in a call center or something like that. And that used to drive me nuts working for mm -hmm. these other companies where they didn't appreciate you. And I'm going into somewhere where I've, I've got a degree and even though there shouldn't be any prejudice between anyone, whether you've got one or not. When it comes down to intelligence, I don't think that I'm the stupidest person out there. And yet you'd be doing these jobs and they'd be treating you like an idiot. And you'd be like, right. well, actually, you know, I'm capable of doing this job. You don't have to treat me this way. And in the end, it just made me go, well, I think I want to, you know, bust out of this and just work for myself. It'd just be a far, far more beneficial thing for me, to be honest, just to, to be able to wake up in the morning. And obviously all the fears that you guys know when you wake up in the morning and you're your own boss, you're kind of slapping your face in the mirror going, come on, do some work. You can't stay in bed because if you don't do it, no one does it. So it, Anxiety monster enough. comes and gets you. Oh my, God. oh, my God, completely. When you're like, one more coffee, just one more coffee. And I mean, I'm yeah. in Italy as well, so it's very easy to have one more coffee. It's very easy. Like, you want a coffee? Yeah. Well, look, coffee. <laughs> my, my Italian's a little rusty. <laughs> no, because Jason, you were yeah, you were in Vicenza for how long was it again? For three, three years, uh, two thousand ten to thirteen. You've actually lived in Italy longer than I have, then, because I've been here oh. about fourteen months. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're kind of getting to the peak of integration with the language. You're 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 probably getting pretty close. I'm. I'm doing good, but I've had, as they say out here, un casino, an absolute mess, because I also came out not only during the pandemic, but I've also come out here during Brexit. So again, feeding back into this whole thing of entrepreneurship, I've had to look after myself in terms of going through all the bureaucracy in another language, but also whilst all other jobs are under jeopardy, because Italy has the kind of infrastructure within it that means that being corporate isn't it's not very easy to, to have employees to set up to become greater because for example you are accountable if i've understood everything correctly for 
all of your debts and everything else. So if your business goes under, they will claim your house. You cannot separate it into something else. So really? for me, that's one of the reasons I've just, yeah, it's one of the reasons I've decided to not try and become bigger and to operate in this, as you said, it, this kind of gig world is because to expand is so risky in Italy. And that's why when you go through all these towns and cities, you will see individually family-owned businesses that's just the one place and you won't get McDonald's, you won't get, you know, Walmart and stuff like that because they can't necessarily exist out here because it would destroy the economy. So they, they protect the families, but then at the same time, if it goes under, like with a pandemic, it becomes very different. So I went, okay, I mean, I had the, the fortune to be able to work at Pizzeria for a while. And I do some English lessons and stuff as well, but a lot of that is online. So then the pizzeria was like, is it going to shut? Is it not? And as it turned out, I, you know, we, we naturally parted ways anyway. I saw some other work coming in and I was effectively on a temporary contract. And then I decided to sort of focus completely as much as I could on doing things from the computer. And it was a bizarre thing to think I'm in another country that has now severed from the European Union. My, my old country severed from it. So it's got an entirely new set of rules. So I can't leave Italy for more than three months or lose my ability to stay here and would have to become international again. But at the moment, I have my European rights still. But that means that everything from this kind of entrepreneur side is very fear-based. I must do it to survive, to succeed. And my little corner here with my computer is basically my my operating center to take over the world, you know, just to do, <laughs> to try and get everything to work. Because if it fails here, this is ground zero. This is where it all goes wrong from. And God knows what happens if I have to leave this. So it's imperative that, that I succeed. And I try and attack everything with that same thing as well. When we were doing the novel, Phil, it was definitely the same thing. It was like, I want to do it right. And I, I may have actually gone a bit over the top with the conduit. And of course, if and when there is something that follows it up, I will do the same thing. But a lot of my other audio books, it's just my voice. But I went full hog on films. There was sound effects. There was there was even a cat at one point. There's a cat full on cat sound effects that I, you know, got in from someone and was able to to incorporate into it. It was uh, it was bizarre. There's a lot of voice changing software that we used in the book as well. So it was um it was, it was a lot of fun, but that's that's my general thing. I just sort of attack, attack, attack as much as I can. I hope that yeah, you know, question. so here's the thing, Adam, and what is scarier to not have control over your career and your future, to be reliant on other people making decisions and potential mergers, acquisitions, or to put a stake in the ground and say, look, I'm going to be in charge of my own destiny. And that, you know, that can be fear producing. I'm going to put that cup of coffee down. I'm going to get after it today because if I don't, my survival depends on it. But on the other side of that equation, if you're willing to roll up your sleeves and work hard, doesn't that give you a certain amount of freedom that others don't feel? I guess. I mean, do you feel that? Do you feel that that's what it gives you? Yeah, you know, Jason and I talk about this all the time. So there are days when we're riding high on the horse, right? And everything's rolling our way. And there are other days when that little voice inside our head starts saying, what's wrong with you? And what are you doing? And, you know, you're in trouble and this and that. And it's a constant battle between the good and the bad. Whichever one's sitting on the shoulder and yelling the loudest at us gets our attention, right? But at the end of the day, 
being able to refocus ourselves, being able to appreciate the freedoms that we have. And certainly you, sitting in front of a computer in Italy, you're interacting with the world. What a cool yeah. thing is that? That is cool. And and one thing I've always, like I've said it in the past on, on the show before, it's, it's a matter of mindset and resiliency because in entrepreneurship, things aren't always going to go your way. You know, that you're going to have your highs and lows and, and you've got to be resilient and have that mindset when you're in your lows to kind of go through that and, and kind of weather through that and continue to do the things that matter the most in your business and, and just stay the course, um, stay the course. You have to adjust fire if you need to sometimes, because that's what happens with, with the marketplace or whatever, but staying the course on your business, you know, that's going to get you through those little low spaces. And you just have to yeah. be able to figure out how to keep that mindset and that resiliency through that. And resiliency could be a lot of things. It could be, you know, just, you know, within your mindset, that resiliency, but it could be financial re resiliency. It could be resiliency with your relationships and things like that too. Cause all of that stuff kind of comes together with your business and it affects it one way or another. Yeah. You know, and, and Adam, I'm interested to know what a, day in the life looks like if there's such a thing as a normal day in the life for you and then how was that affected across the last 18 months in these exceptional COVID times that we've all lived through okay um <laughs> well let's say to begin with Italy has much stronger rules than a lot of other places yeah. so we have just re-entered in our region here into what they call the yellow zone so we do things uh Similar to the UK does it with numbers, Italy's doing it with with colours of like a, um, a scale of how difficult it is. So red is complete lockdown. And yellow at the moment is things like we have to wear masks outside now, no matter where you are. And that's mm. the lowest level. That's, that's as little as it gets. And then all the way through to you can't leave your house. We had the curfew here in Italy as well. So you had to be back inside by 10 p.m not just things were shut you had to be in your house at 10 p.m or you got arrested and without getting or not arrested you'd be fined let's say um but it, you'd be breaking the law and so everyone was obviously back inside there was even a moment where it became nine o'clock for a second and i don't want this to become a political thing because that's what i see a lot of ironically quite i didn't expect it from this region but this region in particular has become very kind of I've seen a lot of protests and that because we have something called the green pass out here, which if you've been vaccinated, you're then given the green pass and you could go in places. And effectively, if you don't have it, you can't go anywhere. And I spent a long time whilst out here while setting up, because let's say I started to set this up properly in say January, 2020, because that's the easy uh, 2021 this year. Um, to properly do things because I even did your book was it I think June we started doing work I think on it um and so effectively I then went as much full hog as I could with these restrictions in place so we were actually coming out the end of red zone when I was starting to to do all of this stuff so I couldn't leave my house and I couldn't interact with other people so then what was I going to do I had my computer and my partner who I was with at the time and, and she was in um, doing public what, what she, would, she was involved in healthcare and that so basically she had 
a reason to be able to get out of the house. She could still go because it was one of the things still operating. And effectively, that then gave me loads of time on my own. And then only able to see her in the evening or whatever. So I'm like, what am I doing with my day? I managed to build the apartment, basically, because I've got that patron decorator background, you know, hung a, a sink on the wall. And I was like, that's pretty good. I'm good about that. And I'm like, got to do something. Adam's going crazy. Or work and no play, got to do something. But I was the opposite. I'm like, I need work. I need, like, you know, give me problems, give me work, as Sherlock Holmes would say. And so I then decided to, to start all of this stuff up. So my day has remained almost the same throughout this period. And, uh, and obviously the major change is the fact that she and I were not together. And there was a million different reasons for that, including the stress of COVID and being in that situation. Um, and probably is quite an interesting thing as well that happens where you've got someone who works outside the house and someone who works from home, where basically I'd be at home all day and she'd be with people all day, come home and then obviously want some time even to herself. And I want to go out and I want to be with people and I want to do stuff and I want a social life. And effectively, COVID just said, no, no, you can't do that. So the major change that's then happened is that now my day in the life is is a more expansive version of what it was which would be i wake up in the morning i get immediately on anything that can get me work so fiverr has been an absolute godsend because especially at the beginning it really boosts your algorithm to let you be seen by people so i offer vocal services and everything from doing narration for youtube videos i've been the voice of video games uh, different TV spots, narration for inside films. Um, I've done a bit of dubbing and stuff as well, but that's a much more complicated thing because if you have to meet the lip flaps and everything, it takes a lot more work. But I've been doing some really nice corporate gigs as well, which is you can't let artistry come into it. You've just got to take whatever's there. So I was working for a solar panel company in Belgium. And basically what they've done is they've taken all of the videos of how to use their CAD software and then put text over it. And then I would read the text. So it's like, please place your cursor over this button, click it, scroll down, click this, this will activate it. And I've got no idea what I'm saying half the time. But you know, I then do the research and find out what should be coming next. And so I'm then like, right, got that one. What's the next one? What's the next one? And I do have this fear mindset, as we've talked about before, this hungry thing. And I think especially having had so much time as well, where I couldn't make money, or couldn't be doing the kind of work I wanted to. Um, because when it comes to acting, there are big gaps where you're forced to do other things. This has managed to snowball. And there was something that my, my dad used to say to me as well, which was when you're an entrepreneur, or you're self-employed as he is as well. So I've sort of seen it my whole life. You have to make hay while the sun shines. The only problem is, is that it could, and it's not really a bad problem, but it's a good problem, is that the sun might not stop shining. And what you risk having is burnout. And that is by far the thing I've been experiencing more than anything else now, which is why I decided to step away from the YouTube channel that you mentioned earlier, because it was just too much. I'm being requested mm. to do so many different things that the idea of then trying to also chase something else that I can't control necessarily and it was gaining popularity people wanted another video another video and it wasn't yet something that was bringing money in so i had to cut something to give myself time because for example i'm doing um 
an audio guide for the Galleria Borghese, which is a fairly famous museum in Rome with lots of frescoes and beautiful paintings. There's some Caravaggios and stuff inside. And basically, they have a quick turnaround. They want the entire audio guide done inside of a week or so. So that's, I've got to do oh. it on it and, and sort it out. So it's good money, but my life has to kind of correspond with it. And so my day is always structured, get up, search for more. There then will be something that I've got to do. Crack on with that till about lunch, then get out, try and get in the sunshine because I live in a valley. So basically sunsets at about half three in the winter because that's when it disappears behind the top of the mountain. So then I've got to make sure I get out, get some sunshine. <laughs> then I'll work for a lot of the rest of the afternoon. I am probably not so good at stepping away from work. I have become a workaholic because of that fear. So I could work till 11 o'clock at night, but what I try to do is finish maybe around about five or six after having worked from about eight in the morning. And then I will have a workout because it's important, you know, health is wealth. Gotta look after that body, otherwise you you don't have anything left. It's gotta be good. And then I try and have my evenings to do things. And I'm very lucky as well in Italy that a lot of people want to go out even on weeknights. Whereas yeah. in the UK it tended to be more of a let's wait till the weekend. Whereas here people will be like, Yeah, no, let's go do whatever on, on a weeknight. And so I'm just trying to take advantage of that and it's rinse and repeat and I won't lie to you I don't understand when the weekend is half the time because if I got a day free I work <laughs> that's and I don't mind it I quite like it and of course coming back as well to what we'd said with the, the book as well when you'd greenlit the book with me we set a rough date but basically it's done when it's done but we have a deadline if then I've got other work coming through at the same time, I've got to make sure that I can fit the entire book in. So that meant that some days I was doing, you know, 20, 21 hours on your book. Wow. You know, because I knew that something else could come along and, and to catch up with it. And also then the nice thing that I found is attached to this world is you, you're not as lonely as you think because you start gaining new contacts. So we had the joy, or it was a joy for me, I hope it was for you as well, Phil, of working with Filippo Ciccioli, who was the composer yeah. that put together the stingers and music within the conduit, which I think really, really makes it stand out from other things. It's just having these musical scores at the beginning and end, all originally composed by him. And it's just like, I know a friend who can do this, I know a friend who can do that. And it's that's effectively what keeps me going, my daily, routine is based upon the fact that I know the next day I'll meet someone new, something else will happen, and then life just kind of keeps rolling like that. That's hey, it. I have a quick question for you. You are the master of so many different voices. I was reading over your website, you know, Jon Snow and Sean Bean and uh, Cockney and uh, what the, uh, the Peaky Blinders voices and all that. Do you always think in your own voice or does sometimes one of those other voices creep into your head and you think it's <laughs> happening? Um, I think after time, I don't want to come across as, are you sure I can swear on this podcast? Yeah. No, no I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I feel guilty. Uh, I don't want to come across <laughs> as, uh, has another word I can say, self-important. I never thought that you ever needed to be a method actor. I think it's a load of toff. 
I don't think it's something that is important. If you can watch Robert Downey Jr. be Sherlock Holmes, and then when it goes cut, he's clearly Robert again. No one else needs to do it because that's a fantastic performance. So anyone else who's like, I must remain in character. It's important to me to always be in this, to think this way. I don't think it's true. I think it's a lie. I think it's not important. Um, Gerald um, Leto's ja- uh, Joker is the oh jackass. Then. <laughs> yeah, he's horrible. He's terrible because it wasn't even good. No, that's the thing. Like, if you then t- okay, and let's turn around. You say Joaquin Phoenix did an amazing job as Joker, and he was doing method the whole way through. Then I go, well, clearly he knows how to use that method because it was amazing. Right. But then other people that don't come out with a good result and use it, it just seems incredibly self-important. So. You know, and it was um, Laurence Olivier, I think, turned to Dustin Hoffman once upon a moon ago and said something like, have you ever heard of acting before? Like, just, you can create it, you can do it on the spot. So I've, I've never felt so immersed in a character that I think in that way. But I will, for example, when I was doing Nathan Badger, I might say, you know, like, um, you know, what page am I on? And I might say in his voice while I'm, while I'm reading <laughs> through it, just by accident. Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever immerse myself into a role. I, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think it's necessary. It's more important to make sure that the clarity is getting across, that the sound sounds good. And when I'm recording for an audio book or whatever, I, I mess up a lot, but you won't hear it because it's, it's in the edit. So if yeah. I, I might even say a line that I know might I want a different reading for, I'll re-record it again and again. But then you guys don't do this with this podcast. You have a, a free well, this is yeah. Well, this isn't quite as creative. I think uh, I think our goal really is to get good information across and and have good conversations. Um, in the editing process, yeah, we can do that. We can do better on that, but. Um, but we don't want to right now. We don't want to. We want to be able to uh, save our own time as well because we don't we don't get any extra money for this. We don't have any sponsorships or anything like that. So we want to get our message across, and we want to be able to, you know, use this for 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 folks that are you know kind of in those positions of exploring entrepreneurship or trying to find some self improvement and things like that. Um, so we get those episodes out there as soon as we can. Well, can I ask you guys a question based on that? When it comes to, there's a very particular thing that happens in entrepreneurship to do with exposure and this idea of being paid with exposure rather than money. How do you guys feel about this idea that of the idea that it could benefit you, but you might not receive pay, but it might lead you to something that gives you pay? Do you believe in this or not? I want to know your opinions. I'll take it first. Uh, so I think that, yes, I think the exposure will lead to, to greater things. And, um, you know, there will be a day when I, when we'll probably step it up to the next level of, on this thing. We, we actually used, um, um, somebody to kind of help us with editing and intro and outro and stuff like that. Um, but it was just slowing down our process. And, And I think once we get back to another, level where we have like six, seven episodes in the can and and we're able to bring somebody in and do that. We probably will. 
Um, but right now, I think we do get some pretty decent exposure on this. Um, you know, just the fact that we show that we're the hosts of this show on our LinkedIn, I think that brings in quite a few people because uh, we, we actually interact and engage quite a bit on that platform. So people want to know about us and like hear about us when they see, uh, see our name pop up. And, and they'll go and explore this show. And that kind of leads into more and more conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And to expand on that, too, have either of you seen the movie The Greatest Movie Ever Sold? <laughs> oh, you need to watch Never it. Even it is it. probably, yeah, it's probably the finest treatise on marketing ever created. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I'm not going to spoil the plot, but what I will say is that, um, one of the sayings is visibility equals credibility. And secondarily, putting yourself out there without expectation of return and just creating value, just doing something that's engaging that people benefit from in some way without expectation of return, you know, in this magical weird universe we work in, return comes from that, from that selfless act of sharing yourself and bringing in folks like you and hearing your story it inspires people to think differently. And, you know, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe it's a year from now, but all the things that we do here, if they, if they truly are selfless in nature, come back around in wonderful and unexpected ways. So I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm an advocate. How about you, since you asked us? Um, well, it's become a very intriguing thing and it will lead into another question that I want to kind of pose to you guys as well about social media, because this has been something I've seen a lot of, because for example, Fiverr that has been incredibly good for me has a way to promote, but they also put a lot of emphasis on you should do your own promoting. You should be using social media and here are some tips on how to do that to work for yourself, which part of me is going, that's your job. But at the same time, I do understand it because they'll give you an algorithm at the beginning that you can't really compete with because if they gave everyone that same algorithm, it wouldn't work. So like most platforms, they want you to bite. Like on TikTok, for example, I've heard that the first post that you give, they will really, really, really push so that you're more likely to then get stuck on the platform and use it because you thought oh, oh it's really beneficial i'm getting exposure but you'll never have the algorithm push again but it might get you enough people at the beginning so that that first step is incredibly important from my side of things though after having been in the acting industry for so long i now have i'm afraid to say that the phrase in my head is if you don't pay i don't play because I did too many things for too long. Now, this is different. You're obviously not paying me for this podcast, but we're friends and I've worked for you anyway. But if you asked me to do the book for you for free, I would say no. And it's a very hard life. As you should. I've had people, well, and, and, but there is a debatable thing in there. There are some people that we used ACX to get the book onto Audible. And there are people that want to do effectively profit share. And I was very akin to profit share. I knew exactly what it was like by being an actor in London for a long time. This theatre performance is profit share. In fact, the very thing I did that Ian McKellen came and watched was a profit share. I was not being paid. It's we made whatever the profit of the entire thing was split afterwards, which effectively, once the overheads of the theatre, the lighting, because most better. guys do something like that. What, 
the money's gone. Effectively, we know that profit share is no profit. We know that. We're doing it because, fingers crossed, it's exposure. But secondly, it could be about experience. And the guys that enjoyed it the most were definitely the ones that were like, I'm just here for fun. I've also got another job. But the ones of us that were like, I'm a serious professional actor. I'm working my ass off to be able to be here to do this. If you didn't turn into something, it became a bit acidic in your mouth. You didn't want to do that thing again. And then after having worked as a painter and decorator, I thought, there's no way in hell I would ever do this job going into someone's house for free. So why was I doing all that other stuff for free? Was it because it was attached to my ego? Because my family could watch me in that play? Or because then I get to talk to that pretty girl? Or because I have some kind of, you know, people go, oh, you work with Ian McKellen, that's cool. It was cool. And he's a lovely guy in my life. And it was nice to meet him. But that was like a very, very short moment in my entire life based on a lot of time not being paid for what I did an entire degree for. And that money, you know, the student loans, anything else that's attached to that. So for me, now it really is a hard line thing of, I gotta be paid if you want me to work for you. But then it becomes interesting when it comes to social media, because I have seen results from promoting. I have seen, if you put money into Instagram, into Facebook, into other things, you will get more views, you will get more attention and traction. And so I wonder for you guys, do you, as entrepreneurs, think that social media is a useful tool? And if it is, how does it, how does it work? It's an amazing tool. It's it's like my number one. It's my number one tool. Um, and, and choose your platform. You don't have to be on all of them. I, I think primarily uh, for the entrepreneur source, I'm, I'm Facebook and LinkedIn, um, mostly LinkedIn. Um, we used to have the Facebook group, but for for reasons like you mentioned, we actually dropped the Facebook group, kind of like how you dropped the YouTube video uh, channel. Uh, it was just uh, it was a lot of extra work uh, providing really good stuff, but we just couldn't keep up with it. Um, so we like on the entrepreneur source side, we really do a lot on LinkedIn, and that that brings a lot of a lot of customers to our business. Um, with the salon industry, I use Instagram. I use Instagram and I use Facebook and, and I, I publish ads, I boost posts and things like that. Um, and, and I, I think, I think building that customer base would not have happened as much as it is now without it. I think you absolutely have to have social media if you're a business owner. Yeah, I'd echo that. And, you know, studies have shown that 68% of a purchase decision, whether it's services, product, people, whatever it may be, is made before anyone wants to talk to anybody. So just like in our case, Adam, I was blessed to run across your video uh, in your audition. And then I clicked through every single other one and I read every review that anybody had ever written about you. And by the way, audience, they're all five star, not surprisingly. <laughs> and there's about 86 of them in total. Um, but I read through every single one before I reached out to Adam and said, hey, I'd like to work with you. And I think that's the case in the business world we work in as well. I think people are yeah. going to look into who you are. They're going to get your value proposition. Um, mm. They're going to see if you're transparent and authentic in social media. And that drives the, um, yeah, that drives the other behaviors. So that's another thing. Like uh, what you're saying, Phil, credibility is huge. So so if you've ever worked with a, a marketer or somebody that does search engine optimization or SEO, 
they'll they'll tell you that you need at at the minimum uh, twenty five reviews on your Google account before people actually start seeing you at the top of the page, you know, organically through their search, and and that's that's actually a lot because it takes a lot to get somebody to go into Google and do a review. It's it's one of the hardest things that you'll you'll be able to do unless you unless you're in that consultant one on one thing and you build that relationship. But if it's somebody that's just getting a haircut and then they're getting out, it's so hard to get them to to post on that Google unless you you make it really really easy for them. <laughs> you send them SMS text. You send them a, an email with a really easy link to get to and things like that. But credibility, I mean, that's another thing for that whole social media. Uh, um, algorithm, you could say, you know, you want to have those reviews. Okay. And so a lot just, of them. I know that you guys want to wrap up as well, but I just, just to come back in on what you were saying as well, Phil, beforehand, do you think there is a decent rate of return from using social media and stuff that there should be a little bit of give without necessarily pay attached to it at the beginning? Or are you still kind of hardline if it's work, it should be paid for? Like, do you, what do you guys? How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, I, I'll touch on that really quickly. Um, <clears throat> in the best, in my opinion, Joker performance, which was Heath, Heath Ledger, he said, if you really <laughs> yes. did something, don't do it for free, right? Yes. Yeah. So certainly there can be conversations. You can give a little transparency into who you are and what you do. But at the end of the day, um, you should be paid for your area of expertise and paid well and deservedly so. Yeah. So that's my well bias. Said. Well said. Yes, I agree with that 100%. You know, and and, and on the profit shoring side, I mean it's got to be a it's got to be a passion project. It's got to be something you're excited to do for free, you know. And, that, and that's the times when you do that, you know, that profit share thing or as an employee, but we're we're far from that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, listen, excellent conversation. Really, really enjoyed the insights into your world, Adam. And um, I just can't imagine waking up every day and having a new skill set and voice set and project and all those plates in the air you're juggling just, you know, must be a crazy world. So really, really cool of you to carve out some time from that. Oh, bless you. It's been a pleasure being on. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks so much, man. It's been awesome meeting you. <laughs> And as so, so for our listeners, as we're heading out of here, how can people find you? Okay. Um, if you want to go on my website, my name is Adam Pritchett. And so it's adampritchett.com, just P-R-I-T-C-H-E-T-T. -T. Um, or you can find me on Fiverr if you want to hire me to do something audio-wise um, to record my voice. Uh, you can search all one word and all lowercase, Adam Alexander. VA. So VA is for voice actor. Uh, yeah, Adam Alexander VA. You should be able to find me that way. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll post both those things in the show notes as well. Adam, such a pleasure to see you, my friend. Blessed holidays to you and yours. Thank you, my man. Bless you. Thank you, guys. It's been lovely.